high upon the mountaintop. Scorching burnt embers from a burning bush light the bright red sky, setting the backdrop for the four horsemen of the apocalypse who await their master's orders. My followers, we are here to spark and fan the flame of humanity's awakening to cleanse this putrid world of its filth, Zoom meetings, and endless emails, and bring forth a new world! We await your orders, master. The first horseman is on a white horse, carrying a bow and given a crown. Riding forward as a figure of conquest to invoke pestilence. Head into the cities and towns and spread your infections. Create illness and affliction in the name of Apocalypse. That's a bit over the top, don't you think? What? See, um, there's gonna be a problem with that. What? Yeah, um, like, everyone's into the whole self-care and wellness thing right now. People are going vegan, meditating, gluten-free options, essential oils, and stuff like that. So, you are declining your orders? Drama. Yeah, that's a hard no. Toodles. Such insolence! The second horseman is on a red horse, carries a sword, and is the creator of war. Ride into the land and create dissension among mankind. Stir up animosity and hatred between states, governments, societies, and peoples. Spark the rise of mercenaries, insurgents, and militias, creating aggression, violence, Destruction! Don't you think that's a bit much? What? A bit much? Yeah. That's just so very aggressive and unnecessary. What's all the hostility? You are the second horseman of the apocalypse. War! That's your purpose. You just seem really in your feelings. And like, I just can't with you right now. Son of the third horseman is the dark merchant riding upon a black horse, symbolizing famine, rot the food, wilt the crops, and destroy the harvest. I would, but um, I'm really hungry right now. You can't be serious. I haven't eaten in like a century, maybe. And you want me to destroy a land of perfectly good munchies? Yeah, that's a tough ask. I command you to... Huh? The fourth horseman sits upon a pale green horse, and upon it rides death. I know you will not betray me. And you are the only horseman I need. Before we go asking all kinds of uh, apocalyptic favors, about that promotion I put in for. Um, um, yes, of course, it's in review. For 200 years. Well, um, we, we've been a bit understaffed, and the copy machine's been busted, so, um, HR is dealing with... All I'm hearing is excuses. When I need to be hearing dollar signs. I assure you, your paperwork is on my desk. 
and being considered very carefully. Please bear with us in these trying times. You realize I'm death, right? Yes. And I could just end you? I realize that death, and I'm... Uh, you're not considering... Nah, I started a little side hustle on the weekends. Started my own thing. Got a guy named Thanos who's willing to work his butt off on my new tech startup. Huh? Blockchain's so hot, can't afford to miss out on the opportunity, you know? Ah, there's Thanos there. Gotta go. Deuces. And as Apocalypse sat atop the burning mountain alone, lonely and defeated, all he could think was, Man, what a plot twist. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the wrong line of work. Join me for Design Your Decade, The Mastermind. In this eight-session mastermind, you will walk away with actionable strategies that will allow you to be bold in ways that will take your goals to the next level. Design Your Decade is an introductory mastermind that will provide you with the accountability, advice, and support you need to help you accomplish your goals and overcome your fears. To learn more, visit the link in the description or email us at podcast at designyourdecade.io. I'm going to go on a deed first thing tomorrow. See what's out there. Reevaluate my career trajectory. Yeah, design my decade. Testing, testing, check. Design your decade, an interactive podcast for the modern professional. Welcome to your journey to the C-suite. Welcome to another episode of the DYD Podcast, your mini masterclass in career-building greatness. I'm Roseanne Santos, bilingual keynote speaker, certified Gallup Strengths Coach, executive trainer, and it's never, never, ever, ever my fault. And I'm Rio Rocket, motivational speaker, marketing and brand strategist, actor, entrepreneur. And it's always my fault. No, not always. Well, maybe not ever. See, we're right back where we started. Today's episode is about identifying the four horsemen in your interactions and communications in the workplace that's dulling your pro glow and robbing you of your shine. Once you identify them, you can replace them with healthy, productive communication patterns and shine bright like the diamond you are. Did you know that 80% of the U.S. workforce reported feeling stressed due to ineffective communication skills in the workplace? That's a problem. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse is a metaphor depicting the end of times in the New Testament. The Four Horsemen are conquest, also known as pestilence, war, hunger, also known as famine, and death, respectively. As it applies to human interactions and relationships, the Four Horsemen of Conflict are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Dr. John and Julie Gottman are world-renowned relationship experts that use this metaphor to describe communication styles that can predict the end of a relationship. Although these concepts have been applied to marital stability and divorce prediction, they more recently have been applied to workplace relationships. These communication patterns can occur between you and your coworker, boss, business partner, or colleagues and lead to an untimely, undesirable outcome unless you identify them and replace them with a positive pattern. The first horseman is criticism. Now, there's a difference between criticizing your partner or colleague and offering critique or voicing a valid complaint. So you've got to know the difference. Criticism is an attack on someone's character. Example, you're so selfish. 
You never think of other people. I really hate when you do that. You're always messing things up. So there you see. Criticism is an attack on someone's whole being. A complaint or critique is valid and constructive. Example, hey, you have to think about how your behavior is affecting other people. It's important we work together as a team. Remember, we agreed to bring up any problems in the early stages before they become more severe. If you find yourself in a critical pattern with someone you work with, it's not doomed to fail. But be aware that when it escalates and becomes locked in as a pattern to the point where it's second nature, it paves the way for other horsemen to follow. It makes the recipient of the criticism feel assaulted, rejected, and mentally emotionally hurt. And the perpetrator and victim fall into this escalating pattern where the first horseman appears at higher frequency with greater intensity, which eventually leads to contempt. The antidote, recognize it's happening and change the pattern fast. Change it to critique or complaint so that you can voice your differences in a graceful manner. If you don't, this business relationship will come to an end. A relationship apocalypse. The second horseman is contempt. It's what you end up with from the escalation of all past criticisms. When we communicate from a state of contempt, we're treating someone with great disrespect, whether we feel we are or not. It's mocking them with sarcasm, ridiculing or shaming them, name-calling, and using body language for mimicry, eye-rolling, scoffing, or anything to make the target feel despised and worthless. Example. You're tired? Cry me a river. I've got to file these reports handle customer complaints and refunds, and make sure new product is ordered. All you did today was field a few sales calls. I don't have time to pick up your slack. Could you be any more lazy? Contempt goes way past criticism. Criticism attacks your colleague's character. Contempt assumes a position of moral superiority over them. Research also shows that contemptuous behavior among people leads to a higher rate of infectious illness, such as colds and flus, due to weakened immune systems. Crazy, right? The antidote. Even if someone falls short, you can say, thanks for trying and getting done what you could. I'll take it from here. We can always work on improving in the future. Contempt is the single greatest predictor of a relationship apocalypse. Eliminate it quickly if that relationship has any value to you. You know what that sound means. Top five ways to improve communication at work. Listen, you have two ears and one mouth, so you should be listening more than you talk. And don't listen to respond. Really listen. You can respond later, once you have processed and reflected what you've heard. Acknowledge others. Provide status reports even if you're not asked for them. Tell your team where you are in a project. Respond to emails in a timely fashion. 24 hours is a good rule of thumb, but within the workday is much better. Ask questions. Don't just take an assignment at face value. Ask questions so that you can have as much information as possible. Everyone is busy, and sometimes information is inadvertently omitted. My favorite question, what's my deadline? Be direct. Stick to the topic. Avoid tangents. Get to the point. Remember, communication is a two-way street, so be clear and think through your instructions before giving them. Tell people your deadlines so that there is no guessing as to when something is needed. Provide basics like the format you require or the length of a report or even the length of a presentation. Don't let people guess. It will save a lot of heartache later. 
go old school and try face-to-face. Technology is great, but let's face it, a lot can be lost in translation and typos. On text message, Slack, and even emails can deliver a fateful tone. Get up from your desk and knock on your colleague's door for a quick chat or pick up the phone. Again, a lot of heartache can be avoided with a real conversation and no emojis. Bonus, a great book to read about communicating at work is Radical Candor. Be a kick-ass boss without losing your humanity by Kim Scott. Radical Candor is about caring personally while challenging directly. At its core, Radical Candor is guidance and feedback that's both kind and clear, specific and sincere. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. George Bernard Shaw. Defensiveness is the destroyer of all work evaluations. Part of the problem is that managers often wait until a problem is too far gone before addressing it. The other problem with defensiveness is that neither party is willing to look in the mirror and understand their part in the shortfalls. I have coached people on both sides. An employee feels his boss is on a power trip, doesn't listen, or has some kind of bias toward them. They don't get any praise or recognition, and they are only as good as their last successful project. An employer believes the staff person is aloof or not a team player. She is difficult to work with, takes too much time off, and is never willing to go above and beyond. But guess what? It takes two, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Example. Hey, did you let those new customers know there was a delay in shipping? I was too busy today. You know how much I have on my plate with product development? It doesn't seem like you had much to do today. Why didn't you do it? So what's the antidote? Defensiveness is about reframing your responses and even your thought process. Hence, the antidote to defensiveness is taking responsibility. What is your role in the lack of success on a project or even the lack of success of your staff person, even if it's not all on you? The older I get, the more I understand how important it is to get a handle on my responses to the things that I cannot control. There is a certain peace to fully accepting that the only thing you can control is your behavior and your responses to others' behaviors. Consider meditation, napping, and eating lunch off-site. Eating lunch at your desk is not really a break. Fostering collaborative workplaces is also important to the antidote. Without collaboration, a culture of defensiveness can easily take root. People hear suggestions as criticism and see change as threatening. Research shows that they are less likely to support or build upon ideas that come from them and not us. On an individual level, defensiveness can be a career-limiting trait, especially for managers. When supervisors push back or shut down in the face of negative feedback, they create walls that block trusting relationships. Team members hesitate to bring problems to them and rarely, if ever, offer critiques. Employees find workarounds to avoid the discomfort of their manager's defensiveness. But eventually, the accumulated problems and frustrations become widely known, or they surface if the organization conducts employee engagement surveys. By then, significant damage has been done to morale, productivity, and retention, which affects the bottom line. Stonewalling. Stonewalling is the beginning of the end. The situation creates a fight-or-flight response. Either way, stress levels are high and we are likely to shut down. This is incredibly dangerous for managers and employees alike. 
When employees disengage, you will either end up with someone who will consistently do the minimum, sabotage projects, and make your life and the rest of the team miserable. Conversely, you can end up with a manager who just doesn't care about anyone's feedback, doesn't recognize the successes of the team, and creates a toxic environment with low morale. Example. Did you do the things I asked? You know what? Forget it. It's obviously not important to you. Now, thanks to you, I have to work through my lunch break. What's the antidote? This is why taking breaks and self-care are crucial. Taking your lunch break at work is so important. I don't care how busy you are. If you don't take that 30 or 60 minutes you are entitled to, everyone loses. It's like the safety protocol on an airplane. If you don't give yourself oxygen first, you won't be able to help anyone else. A 2019 study by the U.S. Travel Association found that 768 million U.S. vacation days went unused in 2018. That's a 9% increase from the year before. What the f***? Though the cost of travel was found to be a major barrier, difficulty of getting away from work was another. U.S. Travel Association President and CEO Roger Dow was quoted saying, When I see how many vacation days went unused... I don't see a number. I see 768 million missed opportunities to recharge, experience something new, and connect with family and friends. And this is so true. I also see a lack of creativity and planning. Sure, a trip from New York City to Hawaii is expensive, but there are some beautiful places within a two-hour drive of New York. Heard of a staycation? Stay home in bed, hit up a spa, go to a museum, or read that book you bought two years ago. Try that until you can save up for the dream trip. In terms of planning, think ahead and request vacation time up to six months in advance. There is never going to be a perfect time. So throw a dart at the calendar six months from now and request the time. Once it's been approved, it can be hard for a supervisor to recant, especially because you already bought your tickets and reserved your hotel. And don't get me started on lunch. According to a 2018 article in Forbes, 38% of employees don't feel encouraged to take a lunch break. I don't need to be encouraged. It's actually a right, at least in the United States. Regular breaks can also help improve overall job satisfaction. Chaining yourself to a desk or scarfing down your lunch is a recipe for disaster. Employee productivity, mental well-being, and overall work performance suffer, leading to burnout. And you know what else suffers? The bottom line. What I found most insightful about this idea of the four horsemen of communication was the fact that the key to shifting the paradigm is conflict management and not conflict resolution. Why? Resolution is not always realistic, but management could allow for win-wins if done right. Seeking to understand before being understood is always a good place to start. And we'll wrap this apocalyptic episode up with the health tip of the day. Health tip of the day. Get outside. It's the spring and summer's just around the corner. What are you doing sitting inside all day? Are you kidding me? Look, we're not even going to make this complicated. Get outside and breathe some fresh air. Get some sun and break a sweat. Go for a walk or run in the park or your neighborhood. Go for a hike on a trail or in the mountains. Watch the sunset over the water. Play a sport in a field of grass, dirt, or asphalt. Go bike riding, rollerblading, swimming, fishing, boating. Head to the beach or just sit out by a pool. Whatever it is, just don't be indoors all day. Studies show that being outdoors 
lowers blood pressure, reduces stress-related hormones, cortisol and adrenaline, improves mood and focus, helps you heal quicker, and supports graceful aging. And that's it. I'm going outside. And that's our health tip of the day. For LinkedIn services to boost that LinkedIn profile, executive coaching for those in corporate structures, or creative coaching for those in creative fields, contact us at coaching at designyourdecade.io. For podcast-related correspondence, contact us at podcast at designyourdecade.io. And we'd love for you to rate our podcast, subscribe and share on your favorite podcasting platform. Then I saw when the lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a voice of thunder, Come! I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering, and to conquer... Okay? Don't you think you're being a little extra? Sorry, I was just... Working on my monologue. Try something from The Devil Wears Prada. It'll hit different. Uh, sure. Uh, this is embarrassing. DYD, cue me out, please. Less annoying, more viral. A greater selection of filters and hashtags. More talking, fewer songs, more death scrolling to consume your life. You're like I want something, and I don't even know what. Broadcasting from the top of the Empire State Building. You're listening to DYD Ruby.